guys, we are glad that you're here. If this is uh, your first time with us, we are so glad that you've uh, joined us today. Um, we have been in a series called uh, Tongues and the Believer, and uh, I, I still, it actually even happened to me uh, this week, I had somebody said, tell me of how, uh, not bothered, but scared, I guess is the word, uh, they feel about tongues. And uh, I'm like, man, of all the things we believe, that's the thing that bothers you. But, you know, if you've, if you've been into this series, if you'll go back and look, uh, I believe we have shown how scriptural uh, tongues is in the life of the believer. If you haven't been a part of this whole series and you want to check it out, you can go on YouTube. Uh, the messages are on there, or you can go on Facebook. They're always on there as well. Um, but today I want to maybe finish this off and look at tongues in the life of the believer. And uh, we want to uh, encourage you, like Paul said, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 in uh, verse 18. Paul says this, he says, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. And the bells chime and the heavens open. And <laughs> but Paul said there, he said, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. So Paul is not against tongues in the life of the believer. And uh, remember when we looked at the gifts of the Spirit over the uh, last few months, one of the scriptures that we looked at was where he says, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. God doesn't want us or expect us to be ignorant of the gifts that he has provided. He, he, he's given them free. And, uh, and he doesn't care what name you put on yourself, what denomination you put on yourself. He says in Mark chapter 16, he said, These signs shall follow them that believe. Not these signs will follow the Pentecostals or these signs will follow the, the Baptists or these signs will follow the Presbyterian. God, that, that's, that's man's doing. All right, that's, that's man's doing because we, we've, we've, we've always got to find some way to separate ourselves. I don't know, you know, it seems like we always fall into that. Um, but he, he doesn't care about that. And so today I want to kind of take everything we've looked at and just make it simple. And, and that's what we'll call today is just keeping it simple. Uh, first thing I want you to understand about tongues in the life of the believer is it's a free gift and everybody has access to it. It's free. There's nothing you have to do. There's nothing you have to work up. There's no price you have to pay. There's no uh, great, big, giant thing that you need to do to uh, make sure that you got all your T's crossed and your I's dotted and, and all that stuff. Um, so if you go, go to Acts chapter 2. So the first thing I want you to remember, it's a free gift. Thank you, Lord. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the, name of, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the only prerequisite he gave, he says, was repent and be baptized. 
He said, just come on. And if you're in that place, then you're in line to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we, as we looked at over the last couple of weeks, we see that that gift of the Holy Spirit is that time when they were praying in other tongues. And he says, so he said, all you need to do is come repent and be baptized. But man, that's not what, Greg, that's not what we've made it. Man, we've made it hard on folks. We've made it difficult on people. Uh, we've told them that they have to do this, they have to do that, and uh, then we tell them they have to cut their hair just right, and then we have to tell them they have to wear their clothes just right, and uh, all this other stuff. But funny, all he said there, repent. That's how hard, that's how hard this is. And, and, and I, I say shame on the church for making it any harder than that. Amen. Uh, look at verse 39. He said, for the promise is to you and your children and those who are far away as many as the Lord our God will call. So, folks, let me tell you, the first thing I want you to understand about this gift and, and, and this gift of tongues is you don't have to beg for this. You don't have to beg. You don't have to plead. You don't have to uh, say, God, please pour it on me. Please give it to me. Uh, we... we uh, don't have to have the, we, we've talked about it every week. So you don't have to have the folks saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. The other's on the other side. Go and let go, let go, let go. And then the, the one that I've seen uh, that would drive me nuts would probably make me fight, Brent, is when they want to touch somebody's lips. I, I don't like my face touched like that. You know, they won't even do me that way. <laughs> um, and so the thing is, is we, you don't have to beg for this. Understand today that this is a free gift that God wants you to have. And when the Holy Spirit moved into you, when you said, hey, I'm alive. I want this salvation. This salvation is mine. I take it. It's my reality now. I'm, it's mine. Holy Spirit lives inside of you right now. And he already brought this with him. It's already inside of you. Mm. It's already inside of you. He brought his gifts with him. And so the only reference that we see about people having to tarry and wait was what day? The day of Pentecost. It's the only time we see where God told somebody, you go and wait until you be endued with power. Was the, was the day of Pentecost. And so if we, if we want to become a, a Jesus follower like that, then we have to just be ready. To receive. That's what he wants us to do. Just be ready to receive. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Ugh. Verse 5. Now again, what are we doing? We're trying, today is simple. Because we're going to do some things here in a few minutes. And, and, and you, I want you to get this first. This is free. And you don't have to beg. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 5. By him you are enriched in everything, in all speech and all knowledge. So what do you have in you right now? Everything you need. In him you are enriched in everything. Inside of you right now, you already have it. Oh. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking in any gift. Come on. Some of you need to grab that. You're not lacking in any gift. He put everything inside of you. It's already there. And you are not lacking 
in any gift. Now, see, we've taught this for so long that it's something that comes to us. No, it's something that comes out of you. Remember when Jesus was talking, and we'll, we'll read this scripture in a minute, but he says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Where does it come from? It comes from out of you. It doesn't come on you. Come with me. This, say, this makes it easy. He says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And the word, if you keep reading that scripture, it goes on there and says that that of that, he was talking about the Spirit. So we're, we're like, wait, okay, let it come on me, let it come on me. You see, what happened in the old covenant, they didn't have Holy Spirit living inside of them. So when they were moved to perform miracles and they were moved to do things, the word says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. But in the New Testament, after Jesus cried, it is finished, and the veil was rent from top to bottom. And from that moment of the day of Pentecost, when, uh, 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 the day he said it's finished, and that veil was rent, Holy Spirit escaped. And now Jesus breathed on them just a few days later and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He released that into. And now when we come before him, he moves inside. So that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. A river is different than a well. Wells go deep, rivers come out. That's why when he talks about those two scriptures, in one scripture he says, you will, receive, you will draw water out of the wells. That salvation will be a well in you. But of the spirit, he says, it'll be a river that comes out of you. It'll be a power. How many of you know a river is more powerful than a well? And I don't mean a big fish if you're hearing my southern accent. <laughs> so it's the river that comes out of you. Um, and here he says in 1 Corinthians 1, he says, so that you are not lacking. How am I not lacking in any gift? Because of Christ. Because of that testimony that was in me. You are not lacking in any gift while waiting for the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are requirements to receive. Repent, you're baptized, go on. He said, it's all for you. But folks, we can't continue to make these things hard. I told you about a person in, in our family that died actually mad at God because, now she loved God. How many of you know you can love somebody and be mad at them? Husbands, look at your wife, I guarantee you. <laughs> she loves you, but she can be mad at you. But this, this person actually was upset because she felt that God just refused to give her the gift of the Holy Spirit. Folks, you, we, we, we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to struggle with that. Flip over just two pages. Maybe one page, just depending on how your Bible's written, but chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at verse 1. He said, Brothers, I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as worldly, even as babes, to Christ. Now, before we get into this, I want to tell you, before, and you've probably heard this teaching too, you've got to make sure every bit of sin is out of your life. Somebody want to hold my hand and walk through this? Make sure all of it's out of your life before you walk into this 
and the, and the gift of the Holy Spirit comes because if not, then you're in danger of falling over dead. <laughs> or you're faking it real good. Watch this. Who here has heard this teaching? Raise your hand. Be honest. I know you're sitting here. Thank you. <laughs> you got to get it all out. Get all that root out. And when all of that's out, then you can speak in other tongues. Somebody should have told the church of Corinth that rule first. Because the church of Corinth was a messed up bunch of people and it's the very chapters that we get the instructions in the church about speaking in tongues, especially in the church. They were a rough bunch of people. They were coming to communion and getting drunk. They would come to communion and just party on, on, on the communion wine. <laughs> Read about them. You had in the church of Corinth a guy sleeping with, do you know who? His stepmom. And yet, this is the very people that when they came to service was speaking in tongues so much that Paul says, look, in our services, we've got to put some structure here. He didn't tell them not to. Now, did Paul let those things go? No, he didn't let those things go. He corrected those things. But the thing is, what I want to tell you is whatever idea that we had, that we had to come up with some idea of perfection before he could fill us with the Holy Spirit, with the gift of, let me rephrase that, before he could fill us with the gift of the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues, that we had to put on this idea of perfection is wrong. Thank you, one person. <laughs> You said, now wait a minute. Now we're going to read about, look what he said to the Corinthians here. He said, I would have talked to you like spiritual people. These were tongue talkers. He said, I would have talked to you like spiritual people, but I can't because you're not spiritual. So where does that tell you where uh, tongues get you on the list of spiritual maturity? If you think you've arrived just because you pray in tongues, keep going. He said, I would have talked to you like spiritual men, but I had to talk to you like babes. Why? Because you're worldly. Oh. Verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not meat or solid food. For to this day you were not able to endure it, nor are you able now. These are tongue talkers. It's free. And the only, only thing you need to receive this is repentance. That's it. These are tongue talkers. He said, you're not able to eat good, solid, spiritual meat now, verse 3. For you are still worldly. And yet they were the tongue talkers. This is the same place we get the chapter about it. Does God expect you to stay worldly? No, he don't expect you to stay worldly. He expects you to get the things out of your life that's causing you damage, that's causing you harm. He expects that out of you. That you remove that from your life. But just because that happens to be there doesn't mean that he withholds any good gifts from his children. Are you with me? <laughs> he said you're still worldly and since there's envy and strife, 
This is a fun bunch. And divisions among you. You are not, are you not worldly and behaving as mere men? So what's the idea here, Brent? The idea is, if salvation is your reality, Holy Spirit lives in you, you are in line right now to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You are in line right now to begin to operate in praying in tongues, singing in tongues. Come on. Everything that we've looked at over the last few weeks, giving thanks in tongues, it should be part of your daily life. Remember today's title, keep it simple. I think so much we miss this because we hear words like sanctification and we think we understand what that means. <laughs> I'll go over here. You know what sanctification is? What Jesus already did on the cross. The word says he was our sanctification. He was my sanctification. You know why? I can't make myself any more sanctified. Now what does that mean? Does that, not, does that mean I am absolutely perfect in every way in God's eyes? Yes, I am. Absolutely. And so are you. Even Michael is. That means you're perfect in every way. Now, does that mean there's not things in my life that I still sanctify myself? How many of you took a shower this morning? I hope all of you raise your hands. Don't, don't, don't tell on yourself. Why did you take a shower? Because there were things of yesterday still on you. There were things of yesterday still on you that you didn't want to carry into today. So why do I continue to sanctify myself? Why do I continue to say, God, show me things in my life that I need to change because I don't want to carry my junk from yesterday into today. And so that can be a lifelong process. But ultimately, in sanctification, as a spirit in the spirit realm, Jesus did it and I am it. <laughs> You good? All right. And so it's free. The Corinthian church was a messed up bunch of people, and yet they were the tongue talkers that he, he needed to say, hey, in the church we're going to. These are the same people that he said, you give thanks well when you give thanks in tongues. These worldly men, <laughs> excuse me, these worldly men were the same ones. So what makes you any different? Why, where did we get this idea? Okay, moving on. Keeping it simple. I believe that's where the church has to get to. The glorious simplicity of the gospel. The second thing is you can expect it. You need to expect speaking in tongues. You need to expect it in your life. Yeah, but I don't believe this. Okay, and it, and it probably won't happen in your life. Because these signs follow those that believe. <laughs> Come on. Now, let's, let, let, me, let me phrase this. Does that mean someone who prays in tongues is better than someone who doesn't? Come on, don't be silly. Does that mean, uh oh, let's get this. Does that mean they're even more spiritual than someone who doesn't? 
You're not more spiritual because you pray in tongues and Ted don't. Okay? You're not, you're not more spiritual. You may be opened up to some things that he's not opened up to. See, that's the other place where we've got this wrong, and that's why there's been such a dividing line in people, is we've planted our flag on the ground and said, this is the hill I'm willing to die on. You don't have enough of the Holy Ghost. Everybody's got the same amount. He moved in. You're full of him. <laughs> yeah, but I don't operate. Okay, that's okay. that's okay. But you need to start expecting to speak in other tongues. You need to start expecting it. We're, we're talking about keeping it simple. First, repent. That's cool. Second, uh, you need to expect it. You have to expect to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you just hope it will, it won't happen. Faith is not about hope. Faith is about knowing. Faith is an expectation of what you're believing for. And you know it's a free gift. Let me tell you something, folks. If you just operate, oh, I hope I do, 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 you're going to be disappointed. You've got to know. You've got to expect. You're like, Lord, this is a promise that you made. This is a promise of something you said I could have. And so I'm not going to let go. Remember that story? Wrestling with the angel. It's Jacob, right? Wrestling with the angel, and he said, I'm not going to let go till you bless me. Well, it might cost you to look different after you receive it. It might cost you to sound different. But you just have to be that way with God and say, God, listen. Listen, you want an idea of this? Spend time with Ruth for about 30 minutes. I'm telling you, we, we, we went out to lunch one day, and just to listen, I'm going to brag on you, probably embarrass you, I hope so. Um, how she sees God, it, it, it blew mine and, mine and D, me and D away. She looked at us and said, listen, I am God's daughter. He, I'm not asking for anything out of the way, anything bad or just for myself she said I expect it she drives down the road and goes on to a parking lot and expects to get a good parking space and she'll, she'll say hey, my, my daddy will give it to me my God. why because she's expecting she's convinced that God loves her that much and, and you can do the same thing God wants the best for you he's got the best for you tongues is for you don't think, well, what if I don't get it today? Doesn't it mean he's not withholding it from you? Sometimes we have years of junk just to chip away in our life. And we got to chip that stuff away. You got to have with the same attitude. I'm going to receive. I have the right to receive. It's, it's free. Would you please? <laughs> if I bend over. I might not get back up. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Man, if you don't have fun at church, you're, you're in the wrong church. <laughs> oh, you can't do that. Come on. You've got a right to receive. 
He's not holding anything back from you. This is your right that he promised you that you could receive. And here's the thing. To speak in tongues, guess what you have to do? It's called speaking. <laughs> you have to open your mouth. I don't know how many times we see people and, and we're praying for them to, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues, and they're like, no, you've got to open your mouth. It's not called thinking in tongues. It's not called meditating in tongues. It's called, excuse me, speaking in tongues. You have to speak the words from your spirit. You are a spirit being. You possess a body. You're, you, you have a soul. That's your mind, your will, your emotions. You are a spirit being that possesses a soul that lives in a body. First and foremost, you are spirit. And your spirit is always connected to God. And your spirit hears these things. And I would dare say that there's been times during your prayer time that you've heard some things and some rumblings come up and you thought, what was that? I had a friend of mine here in, here in uh, Cambridge that pastors a church, and I'm not going to tell you what one because you probably know him, um, a denomination that basically doesn't believe in these gifts. Well, he was with a bunch of us one day, and we, had, we were talking about baptism of the Spirit, talking about tongues. So we just laid hands on him. What happened? Nothing. But a few days later, Pastor Glenn, we get a text. He said, I was driving to a meeting. <laughs> and I began to open my mouth to pray, and I immediately started praying in other tongues. You know why? He expected it. He just, he just believed it. He was crazy enough to believe that God meant what he said. And I want to encourage you today as we're talking about keeping it simple. Let's take away all the other stuff. Let's peel this thing down to what it's supposed to be. It's a gift. It's free. He already moved in you. It's already there. We're just looking to, to let it go. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. Uh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. He says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them to speak. So of all the ones sitting in the upper room that day, they were all filled. Some reason, I don't know why, but I guess it's the paintings we've got through the years we think it was just the 12, the apostles, that received this gift. And so we see that these 12 guys, and you've seen the, the picture, they're in a half circle standing up front, and then you got everybody else uh, around and in the seats, and these, these 12 flames of fire over top of their heads, and those were the guys that got it. No, 120 people, and the noise of it was so loud that other people began to come to see what was going on. <laughs> Folks, it's something that the Holy Spirit just wants to put in you. They were all filled. You can expect it. Today, I want you to start expecting it. Well, it, that scares me. 
Why? We've went through enough scripture now to show you that it's scriptural. This is a scriptural thing. So start expecting. Well, I don't want to. Then guess what will happen? Nothing. And guess what? Here, hang on to your seat. Guess what? That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Just don't. Y'all remember my story. I stood up to make fun of Benny Hinn. Stood in the living room, pointed my finger at the TV. I opened my mouth, Jay, and I could not speak. And the Holy Spirit says to me, don't make fun of what you don't understand. And I said, oh, man. Oh, man. And so that set me on a journey into what I've been teaching for the last eight weeks. Folks, if, if you say, oh, I, don't, oh, I don't want to, that's okay. Hear this from your pastor. That's okay. But let's decide that we're going to operate together. We're still part of the same body. We're still part of the same family. That's like Steve back there has got a nice Dodge truck and I don't. But guess what? We still get along. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> really, it, it, it's, let's be okay together. And let me encourage you, if, it's, if this is all new to you and you say, man, I'm just not ready for that, that's okay. Hang around. Stay with us. You already came here more than once. You're a part of the family anyhow. We ain't going to let you go that easy. First Corinthians chapter 14. I know you won't hear a whole lot of pastors tell you, well, it's okay if you don't. I love you more than that. I love you more than I love that. Come on. I don't love you more than I love Jesus, but, you know. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. For if I am praying in, in a tongue... My spirit is engaged in prayer. So if I'm a praying in a tongue, it's my spirit that's praying. But I have no clear understanding of what is being said. So what is it? It's your spirit praying. So what is speaking in tongues? It's allowing your spirit by the Holy Spirit in you to pray. You still with me? <laughs> Verse 15. So here's what I've concluded, Paul says. I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with my mind engaged. I started to show you a video today, and I'll just tell you about it. It was done by ABC in about, what, 2008, 2009. They actually did a study on people who believe in speaking in tongues. And they put them in an MRI machine. Now, this was ABC. This was not some weird Christian news thing <laughs> uh, that offended a lot of people right there uh, and when they did you know what they saw they would have these people begin to pray in other tongues and as they uh, took an MRI of their mind did you, the, the, what they showed was the part of the brain that has to do with speech basically is almost inactive during that time well, why would it be inactive? 
because their spirit's praying. But what's coming out of their mouth is a result of their spirit. If you want that video, just let me know. I'll send it to you. It's a result of their spirit. And so, when it, it's exactly what Paul says here. So what I'll do is I will pray in the spirit, but I will also pray with my mind engaged. He said then, he goes on, he says, <laughs> and I will sing rapturous praises in the spirit, but I also sing with my mind engaged. So someone can what? Sing in tongues. <laughs> Come on. And guess what? It's free. And guess what? God wants you to have it. And guess what? He's not waiting for you to get everything perfect in your life to get it. Oh, come on with me. It's so free. He just wants to provide for you. Well, what if I get something fake? This is another thing I hear all the time. If I get something fake, if I get something fake, I don't want a, what's the, what's the big one that went around for a while? Some, uh, some weird spirit. What if I get some weird spirit that they said was going around in the church? Well, I'm going to tell you this. God doesn't give fake things. God does not give fake gifts. Go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 11. Oh, man. But what if my experience isn't real? What if I'm faking it? Verse 11. And if a son asks for bread... From any of you who is a father, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? Verse 12. Or if he asks for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? Verse 13. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask for it? We wouldn't, if, 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 if my kids who, who in just a, few, just a few minutes are going to ask for lunch, adults working, they're going to ask me for lunch. I'm not going to give them something that they don't like. I'm not going to give them, oh, I know you want lunch, but here's your snake. Here's your rock, suck on that. You know, I wouldn't do that. Why? Because I love them so much. And God considers the way I love them as evil. He says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father not give good gifts to you? And this he was talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen. He said he will give. He's not going to give you something fake. Let that out of your mind. The scripture tells us he's not going to give you something fake. So we're, we're talking about keeping it simple. People tell me all the time, you make it too easy. I didn't. He did. And if you'll stop long enough to really look at the scripture, you'll see the simplicity of this. And we got, we, the problem is we just had to get out of our man-made doctrines. Come on. <laughs> so he's not going to give me something fake what else you've got to listen to your spirit here's the problem with a lot of us Miss Thelma we've never been taught to listen to our spirit we've never been taught to listen to our spirit 
you know why? Because a lot of times we call it a conscience or we call it something. Something just told me. I just had this gut feeling. You know why you had a gut feeling? Because Proverbs says that the candle, uh, that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord that searches all the inward parts of the belly. So your spirit's located here somewhere. That's why you feel it here. Mm. And so we have to learn to listen to our spirit. Go to Psalms 81. Psalm 81, verse 10. I bet I'm making Michael chase me everywhere today, anybody? (laughs) Psalm 81, verse 10. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Got to expect it. You got to be able to listen to your spirit, and you've got to do the thing of opening your mouth. You have to. It's not just going to be. No, it's just opening your mouth. What's he expect out of you? Follow him. But I don't have my my, my life straight, Perry. Neither did the Corinthians, and yet they had received. So what's holding us back? If you're not moving your mouth, you're not speaking. I'll tell you something else, and, 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 and uh, uh, this gets me in trouble a lot of times. It's not screaming in tongues either. It's not shouting in tongues. We have this idea that if we, have, we get louder, it, it carries more authority. <laughs> you have the authority of the Holy Spirit inside you right now. That is the power of God. It's real, it's genuine, and it's easy. And you'll hear what you'll hear in your spirit. I'm expecting, I'm believing, you'll hear in your spirit those words. And all you have to do then is open your mouth. Brian, it can't be that simple. That's the problem. It is. That's the problem. It took me six months. I told, I told the Holy Spirit. He said, don't make fun of what you don't understand. I said, okay, fine. I don't want anybody else to teach me anything. I don't want the Pentecostals to teach me something because I don't know if they got it right. I don't want the Baptists to teach me anything about this because I don't know if they got it right. I didn't want anybody. Jumped into the Word, Galen, and I jumped in, and this is all I studied for months. And I found out, man, this is easy. And I wish more churches would tell their people that it's easy. God says, open your mouth, he'll fill it. John chapter 7. We're almost there, folks. Everybody still good, right? Okay. John chapter 7, verse 37. John chapter 7, verse 37. He said, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Well, he's talking about salvation. He absolutely is not. He absolutely is not. How do you know? Because I read the next verse. By this he spoke of the Spirit. He was talking about the Spirit. 
Salvation is a well that goes in. The gift of the Spirit is a river that comes out. Say it again. Salvation is a well that goes in. The Spirit, the gift of the Spirit is a river that goes out. Of this he spoke of the Spirit whom those who believe in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit <laughs> is letting that river out. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men. See, me speaking in tongues is not for you. I'm not speaking to you. Now, everybody knows who Joel Osteen is, correct? Did you know he had a dad that pastored that church before him? His name was John. His dad was asked one time to come on to a, tel a, a television show to talk about tongues. So John goes and, he, and he's on the show and he talks about tongues. And, and so the, uh, the interviewer or whoever it was says, well, you believe in tongues, yep. He says, well, you think you could speak in tongues for us? He said, well, absolutely I can. So he just starts praying in other tongues. And that is done. <laughs> One of them on the panel said, well, that didn't do anything for me. And he got all excited and said, well, bless God, it was sweating for you. It blessed the socks off of me. <laughs> it wasn't for them. When I speak in an unknown tongue, I do not speak to men, but to God. Why? For no one understands me, or him, although in the Spirit he speaketh, speaks mysteries. Although in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Folks, this is as simple as I know to make it. And I have had so many people say, you can't be that simple. But the scripture says it is. The Holy Spirit is not responsible for you speaking in other tongues. You are. It's his gift. You're the ones responsible to speak. The Holy Spirit, when we pray in other tongues, he comes along to help us. To guide us, just like on the day of Pentecost, he enabled them to speak in other tongues. When we speak in other tongues and we pray in other tongues, it is our spirit that prays. It's his gift. He already came into you. He's already willing to give it to you. He already brought it. He came in, we brought all his gifts with him. And he's ready for you to speak. Now, here's what we're going to do. They're moving this podium right now. And this is what the Lord told me this week. We're going to lay hands on folks. I'm going to lay hands on you. Because one way, but not the only way, the gift of the Spirit was given was by laying on of hands. 
so let me, let me break some things. Now, our, our normal prayer people will be up here after service, okay? So prayer people, you can't leave. But for anyone that would like to have hands laid on them for speaking in other tongues, we're going to line up all the way across here, and I'm going to pray for you. 